Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we are continuing our coverage of the Disney Plus series, Moon Knight, Episode 3. My goodness gracious, we are halfway through this bad boy. Uh, Let's introduce the panel. Jake Christie, the super producer, is here. Jake, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. How are you, AC? I'm good. I'm not too bad. And since there's three of us here, it's a little three-sided for Episode 3. Jerome Chang, Black Dragon Rolls in the house. Jerome, how are you? That was like some like Rakim level old school rap insert like math into the <laughs> lyric situation. Um, I'm doing well, man. Uh, I it we talked about it on like previous episodes. I didn't know it was like only six. So uh, the fact that we're halfway through already is like pretty insane. But um, fun, yeah. Cool. Like yeah, this show th- there's is a lot packed great. in. I would say for three episodes so far. Yeah, I feel like we're getting a we're we're getting a lot of a lot of story and I think character development more so mm-hmm. than I would think the normal story per se because I don't feel like they're overloading us with story. I feel like no. what they're giving us no, is they keep they, it in a small world. I, yeah. I think it also benefits from the fact that like it's a new character and a new character with as far as we know so far no real direct connections to anything else MC mm-hmm. related. So I think what happens like when you look at like the Lokis or you look at well just like Hawkeye, Loki, uh Winter mm-hmm. Soldier, like Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision, like you it they all had to have the task of ca- moving the story forward while like giving everyone like this is where they're at post Endgame and this yeah. is like how they're reeling from it. Whereas here we get like a very clean like let's focus on a pretty tight story introducing mm-hmm. a new character and their dilemma alone. Yes, and, and I think a thing that Howard brought up on the episode one pod is that I think this is probably going to change as we go on. Mm-hmm. But the main thing we're following in the first few episodes is the is Stephen and Mark's psychosis, which is why the actual plot of it, not the story, because sure. the plot is. I think very simple on purpose because yes. it doesn't want to distract from what's actually going on, the psychological stuff. Like yeah. a guy wants to dig in the desert to uh, revive an ancient God is like pretty straightforward. And it, there's no, haven't been any major twists yet. Yeah. Like and once again, I'm sure that there are, is like but... unraveling like what's happening with Mark and Steven. Well, yeah, I mean, yes, I would say because I, I don't know what's it called. I have a degree from a university in New York about writing, but that, that's what I would say is a story as opposed to the plot. I'm sorry, oh, that actually okay, sounded yeah. like a, a dick thing to say. I really no, no, just trying to lean into the bit. I'm trying to lean into the bit, but yes. I think when you have, it's the same reason why like when like a very twisty, turny plot movie a lot of times won't have huge emotional stakes because you really can only focus on one. And so while there's the crazy psychological, emotional stuff, it's like, it's really kind of just a fetch quest, you know? And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so more so than anything, like I just love these characters. I think these characters are very interesting overall and there's a lot of depth to them. And if this continues forward as we begin with Layla and we get a little bit more of the backstory of her father Mm -hmm. and what type of person not only she is but her relationship with her father and how close Mm -hmm. she was with him and the fact that his death um as we as we learn going into this episode a little further kind of colors the relationship that she has with mark and a bit more of a growing relationship that she has with steven so 
in terms of what we saw from Layla, Jake, what, what, what do you think as this story continues to grow for her and where do you see this going for her? First and foremost, I want to say I haven't heard this much Layla since Samuel Jackson was getting killed after Lufthansa heist. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, no, I think that Layla is a really great character. Um, I actually think that I think I was thinking that I forgot to say in the last the last pod we did was that they do a, a classic as almost a trope at this point. If you want to introduce a female character and you want to show that she's cool you have her come in on a motorcycle and take off a helmet. Like that's like mm. the she goes to like out of, um, but I think Even that um, especially in like yeah. Marvel. <laughs> like Oh yeah. Um, but I think may uh, apologies if I'm pronouncing this wrong. May Kalamawi Kalamawi. I'm not, I once again, uh, correct us. I know AC, I know you're just sitting there thinking like she was on Rami, you know, your favorite show. So, um, mm-hmm. no, I, I you mean, good. You better, that, you, be, you, better, you better than me. Cause I, for, I, I, I forgot. Uh, I didn't know that. I just went on her IMDb and saw that. Um, but she's like for like a relative newcomer, she's really killing it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that her character is, you know, you're very sympathetic to her, but also like, and I feel like she's really helpful for the bits where it's Mark and Steven is not in the frame because she also kind of conserves the audience POV. Um, and so like while Steven's trying to figure stuff out too, she's clearly trying to figure stuff out. And I don't know. I think that the, the, the way that she kind of, Obviously, we talked about last week how she's just as competent as he is, but I think the the way that you learn how what her and Mark's relationship was like, you see why it worked, and then you also see why it didn't in ways that I think are very interesting, and I want to track going forward. Oh, for sure. How about you, Jerome? Uh, yeah, no, I, I think I mentioned it on the last episode. She just has a really good energy about her beyond like all the tropes of like being a badass and being into fight and action and all that i think um it like there's a lot done in so little that makes sense why mark wants to protect her and why steven falls for her quickly is what -hmm. i would say coming out of that and she yeah so she just has like a really good energy about her um adding the uh the additional kind of backstory of her connection to her father, which is such a new and refreshing thing in Marvel for uh, someone to deal with a uh, father's past. Um, <laughs> no, no, but like, uh, no, no, but seriously, like it's, um, yeah, like it's, it's still clearly like Steven and Mark is the protagonist. Uh, but I would say like in something where we've talked at length about both Oscar Isaac and, um, Ethan Hawke being like just absolute beast in it, like like Layla is like no slouch whatsoever. And mm, yeah. I think uh on that front, um, if anything, like everyone kind of like especially when you look how Steven interacts and even Mark to a degree, like they are kind of like they fall to her, right? You know, yeah. like Layla, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, they got them on their knees. Yeah, I love I love the the little uh schoolboy crush that Steven has. Yeah. And just Mark's urge to protect her at all costs. That's mm-hmm. uh, the two very different sides of it that, that I really like. It's both a flirtation and a love, like, from yeah. each, like, respectively. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So this episode starts with that. And then we get badass Mark Spector. Time to get some answers. 
Time to speak about Oscar, Oscar Isaac Reddy. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. no Tom Cruise, is what I'll say. <laughs> no. That's for sure. That's for sure. So he, you know, he accosts some dudes who kill somebody that he's looking for answers from. So then yeah. he start. So then he starts to fight. They're they're having a, a nice little fight there, and then all of a sudden we kind of get the episode one thing of where we automatically get the 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 consciousness transfer, and he ends up in a taxi. This one's weirder though. This one's a little weirder. So this obviously, weirder though. The fight continues. The fight. The the fight continues as he goes. He goes after them once more, and then again we get another shift. Um, as he's mm-hmm. killed two of the men, and the one who's a younger person, you know, he holds over the the cliff because uh, Kanchu advised him that was the the right way mm-hmm. to 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 handle this. And we see that the that the young man has the scales. It on only his confirms arm. that Kanchu is also like possessed Batman and Bruce Wayne, right? <laughs> like that's a classic Batman move. If you were ever going to say that, like Moon Knight was uh, Marvel's Batman, like it's the hold them over a ledge and threaten to throw them off situation. Mm-hmm. What I what I also love about this scene is when the kid obviously shows his scales and is like, "All right, I'm out of here," um, yeah. and falls to his death. Kanchu hits us with the oh, I thought he would talk. <laughs> <laughs> which which is great, which is great. We're great stuff. What were you gonna say, Jake? I was just gonna say that, like you mentioned last episode, this is where we get a possible third personality of some yes. kind because yes. Steven Steven let them go to begin with Uno because he shows up in the knife, which I think is a really cool reversal of episode one. Where mm-hmm. basically he whereas Mark takes over to kill people, Steven takes over to not. But yeah. then Steven doesn't take over when they kidnap Mark and he kills them. What's who is that? You know, um, what is happening there? Well, yeah. well I mean, uh, this but, is, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of guesses there. The one that seems like the 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 obvious guess is uh, one from the comics, another personality called Jake Lockley that uh, he's <laughs> what? What? Didn't what Jake Lockley quarterback the Titans for a couple of years? Um, <laughs> oh, oh, Mr. Locker. Isn't that Chris Pratt's character in the Lego movie? <laughs> no, that's Emmett Burkowski, and you know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 yeah, so Jake Lock. I mean, I don't know for sure if that's the name that they'll use, but this seems, this personality seems like the extremes of both uh, Stephen and Mark in the sense that like while one is the moral center the other mm-hmm. is you know he's a mercenary but he does have a little bit of what it seems like a and moral center and Jake Lockley center. is the prom king of the three is what we're saying <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah big Jake, man on it's, campus it's funny because there's an early episode of psych which is a great show where the person is spoiler alert, uh, has dissociative identity disorder and they think they only have two personalities Basically, mm-hmm. one of which goes to them and says, like, hey, I think I'm being haunted. And it turns out they just have another personality. But they actually have a third personality, which is a violent one. So it's like well, two are normal, but just different. And one is a violent one. And I always think about that that personality is named Martin Brody. Um, and then you know, the main character, Sean, goes, you know, Roy Scheider's character from Jaws? And the person goes, yeah, how'd you know? And he's like, oh, I've seen Jaws. Anyway, so I, when, when there was a third personality, I had the thought, I'm like, oh, this is his Martin Brody. He, he has the, <laughs> the violent personality coming up. 
Uh, and, I mean, and, like, and I don't even know, like, Jake Lockley, like, with a name like that, he's just probably, like, a toxic male. Is what <laughs> he's just, like, a toxic bro. Yeah. That's that's actually what's going on. I don't on. love the fact that Lockley doesn't really tell you anything about him, so you really only can be basing it on the Jake part, and that doesn't make me feel great. But no. I, I feel, I, I, I will say, I'm really, no, really I'm a toxic the Lockley, man, honestly. Lockley more than the Jake side of it. But, uh, yeah, like... I think there is a situation here where Jake Lockley has no idea what's going on, but he's just such a hardcore racist American. That <laughs> he's the only thing I can say definitively about Jake Lockley is that he wears hats. He wears like camo hats backwards, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway. Jake Lockley is pissed off because he did not download his Barstool podcast before getting on the flight. <laughs> and he did not turn on roaming. Um, Jake Lockley. Anyway, they, so Jake, Jake Lockley, tell us about this character. Well, uh, I mean, I do also want to say Jake Lockley does feel like uh, like Will Smith should be arrested and jailed for his slap of Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was Betty White? <laughs> what if it was Betty White? My gosh, that I, joke's three weeks old by now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> still going. Still no, going, baby. Um, <laughs> so Jake seems to be in it. Jake in the comics, from what I know, uh, shout out to Mary of Murphy's Multiverse. She did a write up on Jake today uh, that was that that was interesting. Where you kind of l- learn a little bit about this this character. This character is very very violent. He ain't got no mm. time for for none of the conversation. Really, he's just about that action. So if that's the case then we haven't seen this character yet. And I will say that I do wonder because I happened to ask the, the uh, creator of the show on Twitter um, a couple weeks ago, mm. like, like, Hey, mm-hmm. um, this show is very interesting. What was well, the question I asked was what character did you enjoy writing for the most? And, you know, I mentioned that I had seen on mentioned without mentioning that we had seen the the prior episodes or whatever. And he goes, a character that you haven't seen yet, a character that you haven't met yet. So, so you're I saying wonder- we're going from lentil soup to Jaeger bombs. Uh, now, the thing is, now, so when you asked him that, when you asked him that, was the context of it that he knew you saw the four episodes? Because I thought he was yeah. answering just a... I mean, was- Oh, well, okay. yeah, because I mentioned Arthur, oh, okay. the exquisite work right, done right, with right. art with Arthur. Right, 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 right. Okay, so uh, okay, so I had a theory, but it doesn't hold water. Then, but anyway, uh, we'll not talk about that. Uh, but yeah, I think that uh, yeah, there's just so much to be explored with that third personality that they're kind of just not dealing with now. Right. So if that, but that if that's the case, I I did love the the back and forth between Stephen and Mark being like, well, especially Stephen being like, Mark, did you do this? And then Mark's like, Nah, I didn't do this. I didn't do this shit. What are you right. talking about? And I think so. That like, do you think they'll like cut back and kind of do a reveal in the same way that like it was like Agatha all along, and except it's like Jake Lockley driving through Egypt in a Trans Am. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he derailed it again. He did it again. Oh he my did god! It again. Yeah. He did it again. Um, mm-hmm. yes, yes. I think there's a decent chance of something like that possibly happening. But however they mm-hmm. they they introduce him, uh, whoever he is, whether it's Jake or somebody else that they decide to use, uh, I'm fascinated to see what that what that means because. It's already kind I'm of fascinating to see how Oscar Isaac plays him. Yeah, because mm. it's already kind of crowded. 
It's already kind of yeah. crowded in in uh in the whole Mark Steven Kanchu world. So uh that mm. part that part is interesting to see. And also Do you, you think you'll find it offensive when he starts talking like Chet Hanks? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. He thought, Jake Lockley <laughs> thinks that uh, that uh Amit is Bombaclot. Um but anyway. <laughs> Oh, oh God! Oh man, I love y'all, but I hate y'all sometimes. Oh my goodness! This um, is what happens when we record two episodes in a row. The second one is just a mess. <laughs> this is what happens when Drove misses one and he needs to catch up for last time. <laughs> yeah, he's, kinda... he's just firing him off. He's firing all him right, off. So I'll help you out. So next, yes. uh, they <laughs> decide that they need audience with the gods, right? That's yes. kind of the the next step. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I. So this part. And this part was fun because so you get and Howard mentioned this in episode one with the the whole idea of gods. So we not only yeah. have the cosmic gods, we have these gods who don't interfere and stuff that's going Someone's on. Someone's going to really need to explain to me what exactly is a god at this point, because <laughs> like we've had Asgard, we've had Eternals. We, like it's just powerful people. And where does power come from? I yeah, there's just like so much I, going on. I think point. they can't really investigate that without mm-hmm. negating religion in general. Because the kind right, of right, underlying of thing is that they all just live in different realms and humanity only treats them as gods. They're not actually yes. gods. But I know you know that. But like, that's also, kind of if the, you're a civilian in this world right now, like, what surprises you anymore? Like, because mm-hmm. Khonshu, like, does the full act of, like, basically. I don't know, turning up the brightness on the moon in daylight. <laughs> and then um, and then I, I just feel like if I have been through a blip and all the things that has happened throughout the course of like, I don't even want to say human history. I want to say like the last five years, mm-hmm. I'd just be like, all right. Like, yeah, like is someone going to take care of this up here or should I just like <laughs> go about my business? Um, but yeah, no, can't you... Uh, Kanji's been acting up. Uh, Kanji is like definitely the bad boy of gods for sure. In mm-hmm. terms, that's of why he was exiled. That's why he was exiled. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jake, yeah, you were saying though, like, so uh, Kanji is trying to like receive an audience with the gods, essentially. Yes, and I'll let AC take over because he's been doing well. I just wanted to get us back on track, and one of the jokers had to be serious for a second. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. So, so while you know, before this happens, we we see Harrow. Uh, Harold's out here grinding for for Amit. He, he like he got mm-hmm. the scarab, so now he's he's making his way towards the tomb to try and get there. But then at the same time, obviously we have this audience that's being held, and Kanchu speaks to the goddess of music and love, uh, which she which she she seems like somebody who might be an ally of some sort to a degree. Very, very nice conversation because... Conchu and her definitely knocked boots a couple times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was... They did yeah. a couple of duets in their past, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it's nice that he has one, that he has one ally because, I mean, shit, the rest of them, like, they ain't got no time for him. When, no. <laughs> when, when he gets this audience and... Um, so, like, they bring Harold to the, to the situation as well and Harold's like... I mean, you kind of you, get a little bit of a venom vibe in that he's the loser of the group, which is kind of funny to like. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, most definitely. And uh, and this is another example of maybe some people might think it it, it was cheesy, 
I didn't. I love the transference between Mark and Kanchu speaking at the at the same time. That look, was fun. if you're mad at the British accent, whatever is happening in that scene, like choices were made. It's fun. Like I was into it, but like I remember watching it and just being like, "Whoa, I've never seen someone possessed by a god like this before." Since like I don't know, Al Pacino was the devil. Like, <laughs> I think it's one of those things that I think a lot of people are going to think is silly and dumb, but I do. I think it's supposed to be comical. Like, I don't think yes, it's actually yeah, it's yeah. not supposed to look cool. And I think this goes back to the way that F. Murray Abraham has been playing Conchu, where he is kind of a buffoon. Like, he's obviously that's, very serious. That's where the Venom not, vibe comes in. Like, yeah. the Tom Hardy Venom vibe, where it's like <laughs> when you see. Uh, Conch like F. Murray Abraham through Oscar Isaac as Conchu. Like, if if you went to out of your way to do what you did to get their audience, and um and you're already been one that's exiled, you're kind of the outcast of the group. When they approach you, like, were we expecting this Conchu character as we have understood them so far in any way to be someone of sound mind in delivery? Like, no. I no. think what you get there is exactly what you would expect or should expect. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And so the the conversation obviously happens and, you know, Kanchu is kind of fumbling and being a little bit boisterous in terms of Harold being such a such an evil person. And Harold's just, this is an example of a man who knows exactly what he's trying to do and is calm about mm. it. He's cool about it, saying like, I mean, Kanchu kind of, kind of a little bit of a dick. He, he don't know what he's yeah. talking about, like what's happening here. Cocaine's and, a hell of a drug. That's all, yeah. all, all, all of the mm-hmm. euphemisms you want to use there. So the gods are like, nah, this is, this ain't it. Well, well, what proof do you have? <laughs> you won't have? You won't have no real proof that there's something nefarious going on right now. So the gods mm. all, all, all leave and... It's just another, and the big thing that Harold yeah. does though is he points out that Mark Spector is very unwell, yes. and the reason why that's such a good that, point is because that is true. Good point. That yeah. is true, and that's the thing that like he can't deny that. So therefore, like the gods are inherently going to not be on Contra's side because even if like taking the whole issue of uh, Harold aside, it is objectively true that Contra took is using it as an avatar, someone who is deeply mentally yep. unwell, and that's fucked up. Yes. And it reflects on Conchu as well, like Conchu's yeah. judgment altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and that's and that's what's fun about this series in a way, as we talked about in the last episode, in terms of, hey, this person is supposed to be a hero. This person person slash persons is supposed to be a hero. Yet a lot of this doesn't make sense in terms of why he should be a hero in this god who seems like it's a little bit arrogant. He's a little bit like uh, pushes things a little too far. And meanwhile, you have Arthur Harrow, who's experienced Conchu's situation and how that goes. And he's able to clearly convey that, hey, all of this seems to be a problem. So who is the actual villain here? And it's and it's almost not necessarily that Mark is a villain or Stephen is a villain, but in some ways, they're more of a worse enemy than Arthur is to themselves. Mm-hmm. So that part of the story um, is more exhibited here, which which makes which makes this show again like without even getting into the the whole Amit stuff and thinking about that part. This part of the show is where the the magic happens that I that I felt to this point. 
The phrase you used made me wonder if the 1999 or eight song "My Own Worst Enemy" by Lit was actually written mm. from the perspective of Moon Knight, right? Because so, please <laughs> yeah. tell me why I'm, my car is in the front yard and yep. I, like, these are all things that could happen yeah, to yeah. Moon Knight. He's sleeping yeah. with the clothes on <laughs> and well, I, I mean, it is all metaphor for like <laughs> essentially Contru being exiled is what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for you rescuing me. Yeah, and so, I mean, who would love that song more than anyone else? Mm-hmm. Jake Lockley. Oh yeah, honestly. <laughs> Oh man! So the so the so the god the god buddy gives uh you know Mark a little help after the fact in order to seek out some more answers. So he and Layla head out on a little uh, boat mission, and I think one of the fun things about this conversation that they have is we get to know a little bit more about their relationship and what all of that has meant to yes. this point. So Jerome, what did you think of this conversation? Because I, I really, I really love the stuff that it was doing. I mean, if anything, it was absolutely necessary mm-hmm. because at this point, like in the series, we are really losing. You know, it's it's just very like Mark is presented as someone who is just so singularly focused in a way that is inconsiderate and not thoughtful at all of anyone else around him. And this is the side that shows at least a level of humanity in him in that, like, A, it should make sense that these two were married at a point. And also, like, are still married because the divorce papers aren't signed, right? So I think um, an absolutely necessary moment for the character Mark, but also for um, just to show more of Layla and uh show her dynamic with the character show the interaction because so much of the interaction even though she was married to this character really has been with steven more so so you know just like for all those reasons and um and also like i not to do with like the conversation itself but like i think the first like for me noticeable moment of easter egg like they mentioned magiport don't they yes they do yeah 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 they do that was uh that was like the one that yeah when they when they meet the the gentleman later that we will get into in a second, I, I do want to say yeah. before I throw it to Jake on the whole relationship aspect, um, it is very clear that Layla loves Mark and is really trying yes, to help without him. question. Yeah, yeah well, is really trying to help him out, and Mark is just determined to push her we away. We still don't know quite yet what exactly Layla has experienced with Mark. Yes, yeah. I, I, yes. I think it's important though, like Jerome was saying, to establish the relationship because uh, you want. In Blessa, like you, you want to know why Layla was with Mark, because if not, then you kind of just get like the other thing. A lot of times, shows, particularly in action or sci-fi, will just like make you accept that a woman was in love with a man and not give you anything lovable about him because it's like that's what female characters do. That he looks like Oscar Isaac, for sure. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yes. But like, I think that you do need to have the stuff that they have a moment. Um, together is I think really important and that you see that she's you know clearly if he's like the muscle that she's clearly the brains that like it's kind mm-hmm. of taken for granted that she could find out where this uh, tomb is uh, and like you know they, they and she has a boat lined up etc cetera, etc cetera. so I really liked it for her um, and really helped you know and, and I think it was just like a really also a fun place to put it because you have the people partying next to them um, yeah, yeah you know kind of establishing just their vibe that they're kind of downbeat and that they're not in that place um 
but I don't know. It brings back memories for them. I just thought it was, it was like, I think Jerome said it best, just the word necessary. Like they did need this in order for the rest, especially for the rest of the episode to really have stakes. Yes. Yes. And what, what I get the, what I get the sense is, and as we've seen both, um, we've seen Layla and Steven have their conversations and now we get a, a deep conversation with, with Mark and Layla is almost like this, you know, that not necessarily that Mark and Layla are, are growing apart per se, but you get the sense that Steven is providing her with something different than Mark from a lot of different standpoints. And we, okay, it can feels I throw like a we have out. something a brewing. Can I have a throw a theory out that I was thinking whether or not to save this or three or four, but I rewatched four last night and nothing, none of it is supported by four necessarily. My theory, because yes. of what you just said, and that what's the first thing when they first enter in episode two, when they first enter Mark's apartment, she finds the book of poetry and she says it's her favorite. He says it's his favorite and she says it's her favorite. Yes. That she's an expert in Egypt stuff. Mark doesn't really know any of it. Stephen knows all of it. Yes. My theory is that Stephen is a manifestation of the perfect person for her that he that that whatever psychotic break mark had he built the other personality is what he imagines is best for layla that is my theory because i think it's just too much of a coincidence that they happen to have the same favorite book that he happens to be an expert in the things that he is that he's overly that he's opposite of him in the specific ways that make him more appealing to layla i don't have anything more than what i just said but that's just a feeling i was getting on my second viewing and i'm calling it now episode three I'm picking up I what like you're it. putting down, man. I, I, I really am. So is Layla. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. That damn Jerome. Um, <laughs> so as the as the boat ride ends, they you know they they meet a very a very mysterious character and one that I do have to say, uh, uh, unfortunately, after this show filmed, he's not coming uh, back. He's not coming back. Yeah, Ga- <laughs> his name is Gaspar Uliel, and he, he, Gaspar, yeah, he Gaspard Uliel. Gaspard Uliel. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, he passed away. I think it was a mm. what was it? A, a, skiing, a skiing accident. accident? Yeah. It was a skiing accident. Yeah. Skiing accident. So yeah. you know, crazy we mean, stuff. Yeah, um, that's, that's yeah. you know very very unfortunate. But so this this scene is fun because we get to see Mark a little bit out of his depth. And trying to figure out the whole archaeology aspect of of what they're trying to do in order to get to the tomb. And Stephen, it's time for him to step in. And Stephen mm-hmm. comes through and comes through in spades. Uh, Jake, what did you think of that scene? And I, I did like the way that not only that scene was shot and kind of like the lighting and everything. That yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah. A couple of things. One, I think that casting Gaspar Uyel was must have been really hard because the underlying thing that they need that character to be is hotter than Oscar Isaac. And like that, and this so they had to cast a French model um, who is impeccable shape. Uh, so, which is really, that was anyway. my first impression too. I was just like, yeah, great abs. Yeah. Honestly, crazy. And he's like, he was like 44, which is like, man, right. yeah, that's hard to do when you're that age. Um, but I think the thing that was great about the way the shot scene was staged in like the tomb was the way that they're, the way that they're playing with reflective services in like different angles that like he's very rare he sometimes is but they at every opportunity they make it that he's not just talking directly to himself that it's weird cool different shots and like yeah. re- i think that 
I think a lot of these Marvel things can feel like they're kind of just directed on autopilot, but the mirror stuff really feels like there's a lot of thought how they worked. Mm-hmm. And that, as we talked about previously, so much of for the show to work is that like it can't just be that Steven's bumbling and then he calls on Mark when he needs help. This is where it's the reverse. That Mark is like, I don't know what this is. It's all Greek to me, which is bad because it's Egyptian. Um, that And he's like, I need help. And Stephen comes in and he, you know, gives him advice and he tries to explain it. But of course, you know, uh, it doesn't end up working out because it's hard to explain, you know, how Egyptian puzzles work over through glass. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, Jerome, totally. so like it leads into this scene leads into Arthur showing up. Arthur all knowing, mm-hmm. all seeing. He finds his way there and, and a fight ensues. Tell me your thoughts on that scene as we get Moon Knight back in action again um i said it in the last episode and i'll say it here it's just so fun like even just this i mean the fact that he teleports or like like transforms and appears at the top like just it has such a flair for the dramatic uh the way moon knight works and i think that's really fun in itself and um and again like mentioning the kind of comparisons to batman like this one doesn't live in the darkness and that's kind of like cool Mm -hmm. and seeing how that all works uh, when he jumps down and you know, the Cape comes out and it like, it makes a, like a moon shape while it's doing that. Like just all these little elements are just really fun to see. And, um, and also just like the idea of, you know, like we can talk about it together and like, I'll stop right here, but you know, we're now also about to see, the struggle in switching back between uh, Moon Knight and Mr. Knight uh, back and forth. And this is probably like the moment where I think uh, Steven gets a little bit annoying because he's not helping the situation. He's just really trying to get back control of his own body. Right, right. And no, he's not. And I think one thing that was put over here is if you want to talk about a little brutality, I mean, Moon Knight is, let's face it, he was getting he's stabbed. He's working him. Yeah, they... You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's getting stabbing impaled. folks. Yeah. yeah, he's getting impaled. Like, I saw three or four of them things oh, yeah. um, going through him. So that kind of puts <laughs> them over things them. Hanging. Them things hanging. And so the power of Kanchu is, like, you see that that ability that he has, which, uh, which makes that, puts over that scene so well. And so you also have, obviously, the Layla getting involved and she killing the, she killed old boy mm-hmm. um, there. She's getting busy, too. So that's that's fun to see. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, the f- yeah. fair bit of it, even because I, I agree with Drum that is a little annoying. The way that Oscar Isaac as Steven delivers the line when he takes over the body and he starts it, getting stabbed, that, he goes, take, like, the, take yeah. the body, take the body, take the body. It is, <laughs> it is really very funny. funny in itself. It's just, like, put it this way, like, they get one. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yes, yes. So it's a, it was a, it was a great scene and kind of a, a fun way to advance the plot. And then now we get the little nugget uh, from Arthur talking to Layla about, hey, what does Mark know about your father's death? So yeah, there's something that, that he's not telling you. Yeah, throw that little wedge in there. So we get the scene. We get the scene after that where 
Layla tries to press him on it, and Mark's like, "No, nah, no, nah, baby, it's all good. Everything, everything <laughs> gravy. We we straight. Like, there's no there's no issues here." Classic movie thing where a villain knows a, a secret that the hero has. Yes, he'll allude to it. One of the hero's friends will be like, "What was that about?" And always, it's nothing. He's just trying to drive a wedge between us. It's, <laughs> it's classic fuckboy behavior. If you ask me, at that point, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna guess Jake Lockley would have said, "Baby, I did baby, that baby." Shit. I, oh, yeah. you think Jake <laughs> oh, yeah. Lockley was in the? So, no, no. I would have said jake lockley would have said i did that shit then i would have done yeah, it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but 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 yeah so we so we have that and they're kind of at everybody's kind of at a loss because they're trying to figure out oh crap like arthur is way ahead of us he knows everything everything's stuck so conchu's like all right you know what this is a, this is a very risky proposition but i don't care i'm gonna i'm gonna put myself in a situation where the gods are gonna imprison Kanchu me. is reckless this whole I think there's a moment before episode. that that I want to spotlight though because yeah, go ahead. there's a specific bit where they're trying to figure out you know like the, uh, the way the puzzle works and yes. there's an unbroken take where he where uh Mark has it and he's like you know he grabs all of the pieces and decides he's gonna be Steven because Steven's like dang give me the body I can fix it and he yeah. walks over and one like I said one shot looks into the mirror you see his face and mm-hmm. without any only a sound effect, there's no effects or anything. He yes. goes from being Mark to being Steven. And when I love that Steven, first thing he says, uh, cheers, thanks, which is great. But <laughs> yep. you can just fucking tell the moment it happens. Like Oscar Isaac just yes. blew me away when I watched that. Because mm-hmm. he is transforming with because on the day, all he is doing is thinking in his head, I'm Mark, I'm Mark, I'm Mark, now I'm Steven. And he has to change yeah. his mannerisms, his face, his the way he carries himself. And so like the the fearlessness of them to do that, because I think so many shows would like always cut when they do it. But right, like, no, yeah. they just do a 30 second take where the first 15 seconds he's playing one character and the second mm-hmm. 15 seconds he's playing another character. Like that is just confidence in your actor. It's like, we just know that Oscar Isaac is one of the best actors of his generation and they're goddamn right. And I just re- blew me away when I, when I saw it the second time. No, that's a great point that you highlighted that. And also a great point that fits into the, it fits into the show is even while Steven can get in the way, he's mm-hmm. really fucking useful. Like, he really he's is. He's smart. He's yeah. very smart, and it's central to figuring out the mystery aspect of what's what's happening here. So so we get to that point, and obviously, like like we were saying before, Kanchu, in all of his Kanchuiness, um, is like, hey, we got, we got to figure this out, and just tell Mark to free me, which... Could get. I'm gonna guess get a little dicey because Contra really is putting a lot of stock in that these two dudes who seem to be at war with each other in one way or another are gonna figure out a way without the power of the suit to yeah. get through Arthur and the power that he has from Emmett. So and as we send them off like temporarily, because if they're gonna free him, they have to get through the, the other gods. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, at, like as we send him off temporarily, uh, it, it's worth noting since you uh, did say that Kanshui is Jake Lockley's favorite system of a down song. <laughs> wow! Wow, man, that was a. Uh, and and honestly, that's why that's what Steve Wilson's day start off with. What up? Yes. <laughs> then he often asks himself, "Why do you leave the keys on the table?" Uh, there you go. Anyway, we wanted to. Uh, <laughs> But no, um, it's yeah. So it was building up over the course of it, and I, I think the thing that we should also kind of note 
in this is just like this is the episode that has probably our least amount of Arthur Harrow, and yet you can yeah. see that like all the pieces are like falling into place for him. Yes. Without his like direct like he's just planting those seeds bit by bit and driving it because he just understands Conchu so well. Um and yeah, Conchu's just playing right into it. Like while on the one hand it is maybe their last resort in doing all of it, like, you know, it, it's a gamble. It's I mean, it is a little reminiscent of uh Strange giving up the time crystal. Time yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, the time stone. So um but no, it, except I mean, this time I don't think that Conchu has uh maybe I'm wrong. I don't think he has of the full plan laid out in his head. Not I at all. Think- no, no, no. It, it, he's he's closer to Star Lord than he is to uh dot strange in that moment um but uh, yeah no i think uh i mean shout out also just like visually it was a really cool thing to see in action mm-hmm. and yeah the uh, turning definitely... back of the, the time i think it was was it turning yeah. back time almost yeah no just turning back the yeah. sky like just turning back the sky just the sky okay. itself yeah yeah um but yeah b- yeah beyond all those things uh at that point yeah a uh, really cool scene and uh them boys in trouble them boys yeah. in trouble as Steven gets yeah. knocked out and Layla's left a little confused as to what to do about the situation. And uh, Arthur is uh, Arthur's living pretty. Arthur is living pretty. Um, he's talking his shit is what he is. Yeah, he's talking, mm-hmm. yeah, he talking cash. Can he hear me? He was on his mm-hmm. MJ Hall of Fame speech right there. Like, uh, I, I hope just... they remember you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, um... my gosh. So... We're yeah, we're halfway through this show. Like it yeah. feels like it's gone um it's gone relatively quickly, but in a good way. Like the pacing of the show is is good. I don't feel like there are a lot of lulls. I think that everything that they do. I will say in fairness, just yeah. because like as our listeners know, we also did watch the first four yes. episodes yeah. at once. It, it, <laughs> so. If we're watching it week by week, I don't know if I'd say it's gone quick. I don't know if I could I say mean, that the for show, sure. The pacing is yet. great. But I the don't pacing know. Is good, we're, yeah. Yeah, we're not an unbiased party. That, that's yeah, true. The fact this that is we a had little the bit of a different. To, like, watch one yeah. After another. yeah, it's a different space for us, for sure. Yeah, um, um, but I think the int- I will say I'll say this instead. The sure. the in the the scenes and everything the way that it's gone in terms of the characters and the story combining them all together, I feel like the intent feels so much more clearer than a lot of the other Disney Plus shows that I've seen yeah. to this point. Yeah, I, I think it's also like to what Jake and I were talking about at the beginning too, where it's just they they just don't have as much baggage like yes. that they get to focus this way and they are like purposely focusing this way. Um, but no, all that said, uh, I, I think because it is not to be expected in a Disney Plus series that we will be a fan of its pacing. I will give this show so far a pretty good grade in terms of like really keeping the action going. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay. So where, where, where do we feel like this is headed? We're now halfway through, like just from the, it's just from I the standpoint of what I can't answer that question you... because I've seen episode four is the thing. I can't. It's very tough to say that way. But, I mean, based on new information I got on this pod, I think we're at least going to see Oscar Isaac in Frosted Tips as Jake Lockley. Yeah, and I think that, unfortunately, like, I don't want to see it, but he is, I think, going to take a long and diatribe. Yeah. He, yes, and he he's <laughs> just going to say, like, like, hair, like, curly hair like that. That takes time and a lot of hair gel, if you ask me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
you know Jake Lockley, if he played in the NBA bubble, he would have had education reform on his jersey. <laughs> Without question. <laughs> Jake Lockley would have gotten canceled based on a Twitch stream that uh, was revealed to the public, is what would have happened. Yeah, what a... <sighs> oh, um, God bless. God bless. God bless. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> isn't it crazy how Jake Lockley just like blatantly injured Alex Caruso in the middle of the game? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but beyond that uh back to yeah it is really hard we do know what happens in episode four uh all that to say um i can i can at least say what i felt coming out of three was uh like i like we're supposed to head toward figuring out exactly like how they deal with the actual like situation of Amit, but also now how do they free Kanchu? And that was like kind of an interesting element because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, don't be kind it, of tricky the conversation that we were having. Well, it's the conversation that uh, you, you guys have been having since uh, like Howard was on of just like, are the gods are like now going to intervene? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Will it be a thing? Um, I think for, I think for me, the, the interest in what the the Layla mark of it all is as far as the mm-hmm. as far as her father's death I think is an important yeah. thing to watch because that'll and that's I mean it's something that, that that's normally done in a lot of these things like Jake mentioned earlier but to see Whoa, that play Jerome out here, earlier oh Jerome I thought, <laughs> oh I thought you did oh my bad um but but yeah like <laughs> but um yeah I think that part is interesting and kind of like Steven's knocked out like what's going to happen there um how does that how does that continue going forward and obviously Arthur yeah Arthur's feeling himself right now like he's he, he's in complete control of what is happening in this show uh more so than than anything else so are we sure that Steven's knocked out and not just roofied by Jake Lockley <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shout, out to, shout out to Jake Lockley. Who knew that an Easter egg would help us out so much? <laughs> I, I've, I've just this is our first this is our first without Stephanie Williams episode of Marvel did what where I just wrote the character of Jake Lockley. <laughs> is what happened. Um, oh my goodness, my goodness! But I, I think to the to, to both of your guys' points, um, this should this show is interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing mm-hmm. where it's headed. And yeah, we have we have uh, three episodes left, so it's going to be fun to talk about. We have three personalities left. We have Stephen, who did it for the flirtation. Mark, who did it for love, and Jake Lockley, who did it for who the nookie. Did for the nookie. Yeah, damn <laughs> yes. right. Yes, you did. Damn right. We got it. <laughs> we did it. And that. Who would have thought? Not me. And, 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 <laughs> and on that note. Uh, Jerome Chang, you you bastard, you. Where can we follow you? <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, where I tend to mute all of Jake Lockley's favorite accounts. <laughs> mm-hmm. And 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 Jake Christie, where can we follow you, my friend? Hey, this is Jake hopping in a few weeks after we originally recorded. You can follow me at the Jake Christie, and on there you can find information about the 24-hour charity live stream that I'll be doing on May 7th. Basically, I'm going to be watching 
10 superhero movies over 24 hours, uh, and those movies are going to be determined by the amount of money that is raised for each of them. The information all can be found on my pinned tweet. Um, we're going to have some really awesome guests that I'm excited to announce, um, and it's going to be an awesome time. So please donate to that. It's for a charity for LGBTQ rights in Florida. Obviously, that they need as much money as they can get now. So please check all that out on my page and uh, follow me there. See, and I think it's actually kind of... In hindsight, weird that it took 30 minutes of Jake Lockley riffs for us to determine that Limp Bizkit's his favorite band. Because, of course, it is. Like, that's, I feel like the most obvious thing about him. And I am, I am, you can follow me on Twitter. At Anthony He's Canton. Underscore <laughs> three. You can also follow the show at MC University Pod. Become a patron. Uh, MC University Pod on Patreon.com. Uh, shout out to everybody for listening. Shout out to everybody for supporting. We do appreciate mm-hmm. you. And I Jake completely... Lockley is down with the sickness. <laughs> and I come and I completely understand, just like Jake Lockley, and you guys supporting us being a personal choice. Thank you so much. So for <laughs> Jerome Chang and Jake Christie. I am Anthony Canton the third. And of course, Jake Lockley as well. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time.